I get to bring on my own guest for once. Thanks, Robin. We're bringing on the Kyle Pereira on this episode of Locked On Coyotes. Your Locked On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Don Coyotes, number one daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes. We want to thank everyone for making this show your first listen every day. We are free and available everywhere you get your podcasts, including on YouTube and the Sirius XM radio app. I am your host, Robin Leon. You're joined, of course, by Matthew Jacobson. And we got Kyle Pereira on of Last Word on Sports as we get ready for the NHL draft less than two weeks away. This snuck up on me, guys, but we're got, we got some prospects to get to. Yeah, there is no better person uh, to bring on than Mr. Pereira because I have been using this man as a meat shield for years <laughs> to make me look a lot smarter than I am with prospects. That, well, let's be frank. I don't know what the hell I'm doing, but Kyle does. Uh, you're the one who, who made me very prepared for Yanis Moser and saying he was the most NHL-ready prospect of the, of the picks the Coyotes had that year. And boy, did you make me look smart. So, Kyle, you ready to do that again today, buddy? I'll try. I'll certainly try. <laughs> I mean, it's interesting because, I mean, from what everyone is saying, this upcoming draft is so wide open. I mean, of course, you have um, uh, Bedard and Fantilli at one and two that are pretty much, you know, locked in. But after that, it's like everyone is saying it's anyone's game. And, you know, someone that might be on, on three on some people's boards could drop down to six for the Coyotes. Yeah, I mean – the, the early part of the draft could go so many different ways. There's so much high-end talent. It's hard to predict. It's not like recent drafts where, oh, Lafreniere is going to go first, Byfield's going to go second, and then this guy's going to go third. It's not that easy. There's so many first overall caliber players that they could go anywhere. Yeah, and just to kind of set that nice base level for what you think just off the top of your head doesn't even need to be – who you genuinely think will go first, second, third? Who do you think are the top 10 prospects in this draft? Top 10? Off the top of my head, um, I have a few outliers, so it's not going to be with consensus, which no one ever expects that. But um, Bedard, obviously, is number one. There's no question about it. Uh, Fantilli, uh, Leo Carlson from Sweden, um, Matvey Mishkov, of course, from Russia, uh, I love Zach Benson. He's arguably my favorite. Um, I can't really name someone who I've liked more um, in this class outside of Bedard. Um, then it gets kind of confusing with some of the defensemen. I personally prefer Axel Sandin Pelica, um, but David Reinbacker is another one who's w- either just inside the top 10 or just outside. Uh, Colby Barlow is a guy that I'm high on. Same with Andrew Kristall. Um, Ryan Leonard is another guy that I'm very high on. And Gavin Brindley, I think I listed... 11 i'm not sure i lost count in my head um but those are those are the main 10 that i really personally like there's a lot of really interesting names there benson's someone that i'm interested in because he has that connection with connor geeky a little more internal consistency but also ryan is a guy that i i obviously know that you have a few outliers but if he fell to 12 i would be jumping for joy i'm really high on, on ryan uh, but there's one name he didn't mention, and that would be Dvorsky. I really want to get your thoughts on this kid because the very, very limited 
information I got on him, I'm, I like him, and I wouldn't mind the Coyotes taking a peek at 12 if Ryan Bucker is not available. Yeah, so the thing with Dvorsky, and this is a big thing that I try to stress, um, is his value greatly improved in, in terms of draft stock because of the 2023 World Juniors. And, you know, he had a great performance. I'm not going to sit here and say that he didn't or, or try to make it seem like it wasn't as good as, as his performance wasn't as good as it actually was. But more of, let's take a deep breath here. The 2023 World Juniors was only a small handful of games compared to the entire season that he played. Um, you know, whether it was uh, Hockey Allison-Scan or the Junior 20 Leagues. Um, you look at the bigger picture, there's some consistency issues with Dvorsky. Um, he didn't have as good of a year, at least not initially. Um, so he was sliding down a lot of boards. At one point, he wasn't even inside my top 20. I want to say about the midpoint of the year, he, he fell outside my top 20. Obviously, the, the World Juniors, he popped back up inside my top 15. Um, so obviously, he's still a very talented prospect. But my biggest concern with him and why I didn't have him within my top 10 is consistency and skating. You know, uh, Matt, I've, I've talked to you a lot. Uh, I'm, I'm big on kids who can really skate and really stand out as skaters because it's less work for, for NHL coaches uh, and they can focus on so many other things. Skating can take a bit to work on. So if they already have that, I'm very high on them. And Dvorsky, not that he can't develop that at some point, um, but more just he's far behind compared to a lot of the other prospects, and that's a concern for me. Is, that's fair enough. Is there also, a, you know, like a, a bit in there that might have kind of brought him up is due to his size? I mean, he is he's pretty, you know, decently sized for a prospect. Right. I mean, you look at some of the bigger guys in the class, they're not they're not fast either, but it's more of a, a technical thing. And, and again, that's also due to size. I'm not that's that's common for bigger guys, um, stride mechanics and things of that nature, because these kids are still growing. You know, they're 17, 18 years old. They're still growing into their bodies. And in some cases, they're not used to their bodies yet. So it takes a couple of years for them to get their stride down and get used to, you know, how long their legs are or something along those lines. So that certainly plays a role into it. Um, but even with his size, his skating is lackluster at this point. I want to shift gears into a prospect that I guarantee uh, there's a lot of conversation on some of it because of the on-ice stuff, some of it, unfortunately, off-ice stuff with a guy like Matt Bay Michkov. And there are some reports, I'm not sure how many, how much you've paid attention to or how much you can confirm or deny that uh, some teams are finding it a little difficult to potentially schedule some meetings with him. Could be intentional, could be you know because he wants to go to certain teams, Could just because it's difficult to get in contact with him. What are your thoughts on Mitchkov? Do you think he's really going to drop? Because he'll probably drop at least a couple of spots, but this kid should be a star at the NHL level if he makes a jump over. Just in terms of raw talent, he is easily number two behind Bedard. Um, I don't think Fantilli skill-wise and upside-wise matches what Mitchkov brings to the table. So having him ranked below, personally having him ranked below both Carlson and Fantilli shows that even scouts find it hard to picture an easy world for Mishkov to get to the NHL. It's just very, very difficult to project because of the the smoke and mirrors that it has been provided, unfortunately, due to the war out there. Um, as for teams, it's obvious why there's a lot of pause. Um one, you don't know if you'll get the kid over, even though the value he brings is substantial 
to any franchise if he does make it. But not knowing if, you know, let's just say you pick him at fifth overall, that would be a bargain. That would be a steal if he's able to come over. But if he can't, that's a top five pick that five years down the line, six years down the line, you're going to look at and think, we really probably shouldn't have taken him. Um, so there's a lot of risk with that. And a tweet I actually saw about 15 minutes before we started recording was, you know, I um, can't remember who tweeted it, but there's 96 picks in the first three rounds. Some teams, if you only have your original picks, can only pick three times. There are jobs that rely, or there are people whose jobs rely on the value of those picks. You can't make those mistakes. So scouts generally might be protecting themselves and not wanting to take that risk for that for their jobs. Um, so yeah, there's no no doubt that teams might be holding back a little bit in terms of drafting Mishkov. How far he'll drop, I'm not sure. It's hard to see him drop outside the top ten, but it's certainly uh, a possibility. We'll get right back to the conversation with Kyle, but first we have a word from our sponsor eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors with eBay Guaranteed Fit. You can be sure that you have the part. You can be sure that the parts you need fit right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage, put the green check to make sure the part will fit, or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game. And when you shop on eBay Motors with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride! eBay Guarantee Fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. Yeah, one of the comments I would uh, I got a lot uh, as we started ramping up draft coverage um, is, hey, you know, you know, get Mitchkov at twelve, and I'm like, I, it, I, it'd be hard to see him drop even that far, but it's, uh, I mean, like the fact that everyone's saying that they're like, hey, draft a defenseman at six, and then Mitchkov at twelve, I'm like, well, that's a gamble. You, I mean, you don't know if he's gonna drop that low, um, but. I guess, yeah, no one knows at this point. I mean, if I was a Coyotes fan, I'd hold out hope because it's definitely a possibility. As unfortunate as it is, it's definitely a possibility that he could. And especially I was talking to Steve Peters after a recording of PHNX over by the Cardinal Stadium, and pretty much we're all in agreement that if he's there at six, the Coyotes would be foolish to not take him. It's as good as some of his other players are. I, I don't see him being there at 12. If, if he drops down to six – he won't be there by nine, at least in my mind, because the talent's just too high. And considering how big of a jump he is, we're also use Dvorsky as an example, is, hey, Dvorsky can probably get in your system a lot earlier, but is he even going to be X amount of percentage of what Mitchkov could be? And it's kind of one of the, is a value proposition where the lower you get in that top 10, you genuinely can't say no. Right. I mean, a lot of teams, like I said, are going to weigh weigh the weight of, of risk and reward. With Mitchkov, because on the same side of, you know, they're relying on this job to, you know, live and everything, so they can't make those mistakes that'll cost them that job. The same token, if they pass on Mishkov and four years, five years down the line, he's a superstar in the NHL, those same scouts will be sitting thinking, why didn't we take the risk? So there's certainly going to be a lot of weighing um, of options, who's still available on the board, who falls, right? Because Rainbacker could go top five, and that opens the door for a guy like Benson, um, a guy like maybe even Leo Carlson, 
to fall outside the top five. And now you're thinking Mishkov, obviously as talented as he is, or two guys who are also really talented in Carlson and Benson who don't have those off-ice uh, uncontrollable issues. Um, so it all comes down to how GMs feel about the other prospects when their pick comes up more than their thoughts on Mitchkoff, I think. I, I love that point you just brought up uh, with Carlson. I actually wanted to ask kind of if you think Carlson really is as good as people are making him out to be, or is it just because not, not, nothing from Leo Carlson, from what I could tell, he's a very good prospect, but is it more so Mitchkoff's value dropping that's bringing Carlson up or is Carlson already on the rise and probably going to be a top five pick regardless? So I, I can say that I'm a big fan of Leo Carlson. Um, just to point uh, or to paint the perspective of how much I like him at one point, I want to say right before the calendar flipped to 2023, I actually had him ranked over Adam Fantilli. Um, so I am a massive fan of Leo Carlson. I think he hit the hype that he brings or the hype that we've seen for Carlson is legit. It's not Mitchkoff falling or or anything like that, or the, the smoke and mirrors again um, of this draft class because of how much talent there is. I genuinely think in any other draft class, he would be a number one pick. Um, in recent memory especially, this draft is that strong. But yeah, Leo Carlson is a legitimate good prospect. I'm a really big fan, and I think he's one of the more pro-ready guys as well in the class. Wow, uh, that that just takes me back to a conversation I was having at Mullet with uh, with with Craig Morgan. We were talking about the the, the different different prospects, and if you can get into the top three, and the Coyotes really wanted to get in the top three. Does that mean that that's four players at any other year you consider a top uh, first overall draft pick? I would say there's arguably five um, in this class. Obviously, Bedard, uh, Fantilli is another obvious one that would go number one if it wasn't for Bedard. Carlson, as I mentioned, I had him ranked over Fantilli, so that shows he could be a number one pick. Uh, Mishkov, had it not been for the Russian situation, he would be over Fantilli and Carlson, so that shows he would be you know, a potential number one pick in just about any draft class. But also Zach Benson and what he brings to the table. I absolutely love him. Um, he would be, in my opinion, I, I'm sure it would be a debate in other draft classes, but I truly think he'd be a number one overall pick in, in most of the recent draft classes. I and love bringing up Benson. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing about this about this draft is everyone has said like I think even last year like last year's like yeah this one's an open draft but next year next year is what makes is is going to add some craziness because yeah those a lot of these players can easily like if they were drafted in a different year it could have been like a number one absolutely um, and Zach Benson I think um, you mentioned it I, I was I was trying to read into his profile I, I mean he he looks interesting to me too especially the fact that. I think Matt, you said it that he has that um, Winnipeg ice, but now I forgot where they moved to so somewhere in VC um, or no Washington, somewhere in Washington. Um, but uh, the the connection with Connor Geeky, so you have you know you have hey, there's a there's a teammate, maybe there's a fit with the Coyotes. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, it it's a fit because again, you mentioned the familiarity, but also they're picking at six, and that's well within his range. So. Of the following players, if, if you are the Coyotes, all right, yeah. which is your most like optimal, like this guy fell into our lap uh, between Benson, Mitchkov, and I, I, I wanted to throw Carlson in there, but you kind of hyped me up a little too much. I don't think he drops below number four, to, to be honest, but I'll just throw him in there just for the fun of it. 
of those of those three players, if if the Coyotes could change how reality works and make one of those players fall to six, who do you think they should or would with the best possible fit? If I was the GM of the Coyotes, hypothetically, I would. I'm such a big fan of Benson that it's hard to pass up on him. But knowing we have the pick at number twelve as well, I would take the biggest swing and the biggest upside swing is Mitchkoff. Um, and then I take either a safer pick at 12 uh, or a guy I feel more comfortable about at 12 um, just to kind of make up for it, I guess. But I would definitely, since knowing we have the, the number 12 pick, I would take the biggest swing and that's Mishkov. The other one I want to ask about too, and this is a name that uh, it was kind of brought up just in, just in passing already today, but it's a name that I think on mock drafts has gone anywhere from, I think around six or seven um, that, interests me and I want to get your get um you know get your thoughts on and that's Ryan Leonard. I I love Ryan Leonard. Um he's one of those guys that does all the dirty work uh for the NTDP team um or for his line more specifically. Um he mostly plays with Will Smith in, in my viewings um who's a, a high pace player plays with a lot of risk and flair. Leonard certainly flashes a lot. Um there's no doubt about it he has a ton of skill but it's the minor details also that he brings to the table, the forechecking, the the playmaking. He doesn't force passes into the slot. He's not constantly attacking the slot when there's really nothing there. He's playing it to the point and extending possessions. He's also one of the smartest players in the draft class in terms of positioning in the offensive zone, finding soft spots and coverage. And he has a good balance as well with a, a solid shot. Um, his upside may not be there, and I understand why some people would feel that way as well. Um, he's not as impactful in terms of involvement in the offensive zone and, you know, coming up with these crazy plays the way Will Smith can, but he reminds me almost of like an Andre Pilat type where he might not be a guy that you look at and think, oh, this guy's a superstar. But when you really, in a microscopic view, you really take a deeper look in his game. You see, he elevates everybody else around him and makes the star players truly be stars. And I think, again, Andre Pilat did that with Tampa Bay in his time with Tampa Bay, playing with Kucherov and Point. He made Point and Kucherov so good when he played on their line because he did all the dirty work and he gave them the opportunities to perform as stars. And I think that's the sort of value that Leonard brings to the table. And even though, you know, Arizona, I mean, they have so many stars coming up through the ranks. Um, even though it's a top six pick, he's another guy who I really like within the top ten. Um, and I think that would be a great pick too. If, if all else fails, Mishkov's not available. Benson's not available. Um, I wouldn't see why not. Why, why wouldn't they take him at six? I think it's a little high, but I think that's a great spot for him to go to. I, I think if a couple like Benson, specifically if Benson's not there at six and Mishkov's already gone, say Mishkov goes four, Benson goes five or whatever. Uh, do you, would, would you just try to trade back to like eight, just get an extra asset and move back a couple of spots and be like, Hey, maybe, Leonard's still there a little bit lower at the, the top 10. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of picks, but I would say after the top five, if Benson, Mishkoff and those top five that I mentioned earlier are gone, I think there's a lot of value in trading back and maybe getting, let's say you trade back to eight or nine and then add a second round pick or something or a late first on top of that, that's an incredible value, especially in a, in a draft as deep as this one is. Um, that would certainly be an option if, like you said, if all else fails, the guys you want aren't available. That's a good deal. What 
I think you kind of said it without specifically saying it, but I, I'm trying to go off memory here. It's something that Steve Peters was talking about with Leonard. Like he's a guy that also essentially just drives right to the net. I know you mentioned, you know, does little things, gets to the dirty areas. That's someone that I, I think potentially could be a phenomenal fit with a guy like Clayton Keller because Keller's really good with the finesse. He can set it up. He has a really good shot. Even Matias Michelli also has a phenomenal pass and a, a really good NHL-level shot. Having someone that can drive right to the net that also does all of those little things right just kind of acts like that complementary piece that elevates whoever he's playing with, and that kind of sounds like someone that would be perfect. Maybe not quite at six, but I feel like even – even if it was 12, which I don't think he would drop the 12 balls, he used 12 as an example. If the Coyotes managed a guy like Leonard at 12, I feel like that would be such ridiculous value that you, you'd probably call that one of the most underrated picks they've made in, in, a, in the first round. Absolutely. I mean, I think he has better odds of, of being the pick at 12 than 6, um, just because most, I mean, from what I've seen, there are some top 10 rankings of him, but for the most part, he's outside the top 10. I think 12 is a really good spot for him. For the same things you mentioned, Keller, Michelli, even Dylan Gunther is another guy that's coming up through the ranks out in Arizona. So, um, uh, And Logan Cooley as well. How could I possibly forget Logan Cooley is my favorite favorite prospect in that draft class. Uh, was it 2021? 2022. Last year. Sorry, 2022. It feels longer than it is, man. It feels so much longer. (laughs) It does feel way longer. But, yeah, I mean – with all those skilled players that Arizona has or will have over the next couple of seasons, um, I think Ryan Leonard would fit in beautifully the same way. Again, as I mentioned, Andre Pilat in Tampa with the star players they had there, he fit in beautifully along them. I think the same thing could go with, uh, with Ryan Leonard out in Arizona. And that is going to do it for part one of our discussion with Kyle Pereira. Make sure to check in tomorrow for part two of our three-part series talking about the 2023 NHL entry draft and who the Coyotes probably should or, or won't take in that draft. But That's going to do it for this episode. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe. We are free and available everywhere you get your podcasts as well as on the SiriusXM app. Make sure to check us out on social media, on Twitter at LO underscore Coyotes. Also personally, Robin at Robin underscore Leonio. And for me at the AZ Sports Guy, make sure to send me some weird tweets. I, I enjoy the interactions. But that's going to do it for us today. Make sure to check in tomorrow for part two. And I am out of here.